Friends podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Singer. I'm a Christian writer and blogger living in the beautiful state of Alaska. I'm also a trauma survivor and a mental health advocate. I've been through some tough things in my life, and I'm sure you have too. Grace Moments is about helping you hold on to belief in your darkest hours, embrace hope by knowing your suffering is never wasted, and be inspired by the stories of others who have survived their own tragedy. Life, however difficult, can be a meaningful journey, and I'm here to walk it with you. So let's do this together. I don't know about you, but there are some things in my life right now that I just wish God would hurry up and resolve. There are certain situations that I feel like I've been waiting an eternity to have answers to, or a particular outcome, and sometimes I get impatient. I have trouble understanding and accepting God's timing. I'm tempted to take matters into my own hands or to ask another human being to step in and take over, all because I'm frustrated with how slow God seems to be moving in regards to what I want and think I need. It's just like human nature, isn't it? To treat God and his plans like we would between our own selves. To think that he can be manipulated into acting how we want or when we want, just like we might try to with another person we know. And it's hard sometimes to sit and acknowledge that the ways of God aren't ours. That God sees things and knows things about our stories and our situations that we are totally blind to. And that every delay of his, every denial of his, is only for our ultimate good and his glory. In our humanness, we sometimes lose sight of this. And that's why today we're going to be talking about how to wait well when God delays. When it feels as though the results or the direction you are desperately needing or desiring in a certain situation aren't coming when and how you hoped, how do you find contentment and acceptance in the perfect timing of God? How do you trust him when it seems like every precious second is ticking by and your heart tells you it's all evidence of God's lack of care? This is an important truth to understand if we hope to find peace and faith in the midst of uncertain circumstances. And we're going to begin by turning to the wisdom of an 18th century preacher to help us understand. Let's get started, friend. In 1769, John Newton minister and hymn writer of such classics as Amazing Grace and Glorious Things of Thee Are Spoken, wrote to a friend of his to thank them for their recent visit. In the letter, he described a desire to have more of the mind of Christ than to enjoy earthly comforts, that it was far better to possess a meek, quiet, resigned, peaceful, and loving spirit than to have all the other stuff in the world and lack in what mattered most. He then went on to remind both himself and his friend that anything that takes one's heart away from God alone has become a substitute and an idol, even when it is of the highest good. To this point he wrote, What reason have we to charge our souls in David's words? My soul, wait thou only upon God. A great stress should be laid upon that word only. He continues by describing the many ways in which we look to others and to things to content us and that God in His mercy sometimes allows those relationships or circumstances to change or to sour, so that we will understand that these are only channels of God's favor toward us and not the sole source. If we look to these people or things to bring us contentment or comfort, we will inevitably be disappointed. But if we look to God and God alone, 
we will learn that he does not willingly afflict us or deny us unless there is a necessity, and he does so to teach us we have no stability or strength in ourselves. I first read this beautiful letter in a book I was given during the summer of 2007 when my dad was extremely ill and we had faced some serious trauma as a family while doctors worked to save his life. And at the time, I didn't grasp the full extent of Newton's wisdom. However, over the years, I've kept coming back to this idea of waiting only upon God, not waiting on circumstances to change, not waiting on people to change, but simply being content to wait for God to indicate what comes next. Contentment is something that's discussed quite a bit in the Bible, but something most of us have real trouble practicing, especially in our culture of instant results. It's difficult for us to admit that certain situations take longer to resolve. Certain things play out over months or even years within our stories, and unless we give them the proper time to grow and be patient while doing so, we will miss the beauty of whatever God is trying to accomplish in it. Our demand for quick fixes and fast answers often keeps us from seeing the kingdom of God in its fullest capacity. This is why I believe Paul in Philippians 4, 12-13 called it the secret of contentment, the ability to face life in any and all circumstances because God gave him strength. By looking to Jesus, he was given the grace to do with little or with a lot, to be in abundance or to be in need. In all situations, to focus on and trust in the Lord was what allowed him to be patient and have peace. There's actually a couple of key principles that I've personally learned when it comes to waiting for God when it feels like he is taking longer to act or answer than I prefer, and I'd like to share those with you now. First, God's delays aren't always denials. Just because God appears to be saying no now doesn't necessarily mean it's not ever. In fact, it could just be that it's simply a not now, and he knows that were he to grant you the results or the answers you're desiring at this particular time, it wouldn't result in the outcome God has in mind already for this situation. Maybe he feels you're not ready yet for the blessing, or the circumstances have to be different before he can allow that resolution. Perhaps he's even trying to protect you in some way, and this supposed delay is actually a mercy. In his book, Unforgettable, author Gregory Floyd writes, The capacity to tolerate delay as a part of his plan, to accept trouble or suffering without getting angry or upset about it, this is the fruit of patience. If God has perfect timing, is it really a delay? Or is the apparent delay rather for my benefit since he knows there are things that can't happen in my life if he gives me what I want right now? Waiting increases appreciation. There's both a stretching and a deepening of my spirit that can only happen with waiting. However, I am called not just to hang out at the bus stop of my spiritual life for a bus that never seems to arrive. Rather, I am called to trust that what to my mind feels like a delay is actually a gift from God. This is where my mind needs deeper conversion, to trust that God has a perfect time for what he wants to give me and what he wants me to do. Waiting increases appreciation. I love that. I love it because it's a reminder to me that the ultimate outcome of whatever my situation or desire might be will be if I continue to look to and trust God 
an even sweeter and more fulfilling result than if he had listened to my wants in the first place. The resolution or answer may not look in the end how I planned or hoped for, but I will sense a peace that it feels right, because I know I waited well for God to show me and to do inside of me what he had in mind all along. I also love the reminder here that in the waiting, there is a growth that occurs in both my and your heart that can only happen if God keeps us there for a while. In that suspended feeling, we are enabled to increase in faith and perspective in ways that could not happen otherwise. It is for our good that such a delay occurs and lets us deepen our understanding and our character. Rather than getting upset with God about how long something is taking, how would it change us if instead we saw it as an opportunity? Second, delays to us aren't actually delays to God. Closely tied to the last point, what we see as a holdup is actually right on time when it comes to God's schedule. He who has existed since the beginning and who created time in the first place knows down to the exact millisecond when and how something will happen and what steps need to occur in between there to bring about a certain end. We don't have that gift of foreknowledge. We can only guess. We can only look in reverse and see what's happened before and then form a logical human estimation of what we think would be a reasonable outcome. But we aren't God. We can't view the entirety of human history and grasp the things surrounding a particular result we are hoping and praying for. So when we get disappointed or angry about what seems to us to be a delay, we have forgotten that it wasn't a delay in God's mind at all. It was actually right on time. The Bible has quite a bit to say about how God views time, and I just want to pull out a few phrases that stick out to me when it comes to the timing of things. Ecclesiastes 3.11, He has made everything appropriate in its time. Ecclesiastes 3.1, There is an appointed time for everything, and there is a time for every event under heaven. Isaiah 49.8, Thus says the Lord, In a favorable time I have answered you, and in a day of salvation I have helped you. Galatians 4.4, 4, But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his Son. Acts 1.7, It is not for you to know the times, which the Father has fixed by his own authority. Ecclesiastes 8.6, There is a proper time and procedure for every delight, though a man's trouble is heavy upon him. Regarding Christ's return, Matthew 24.36 says, Of that day and hour no one knows, nor the Son, but the Father alone. Habakkuk 2.3, the vision is yet for the appointed time. It hastens toward the goal and it will not fail. Though it tarries, wait for it, for it will certainly come and it will not delay. Do you notice how many times these verses say things like an appointed time or a favorable time or a full or fulfilled time? There is also a proper time. All these variations of saying the same thing indicate that there is a precisely perfect timing for everything, and that nothing can ultimately disrupt God accomplishing that exactly when and how he has chosen to do so. Your frustration or worry won't hurry him up any. The schemes of the enemy to distract from its coming to fruition won't alter his accomplishing it. God knows what he's purposed to do, and while we can ask him questions or pray and honestly hope for an outcome, we do not ultimately know what that will be or look like until we've lived our way into its result. It is not for us to know the precise ways or intents of God, 
although he invites us to be curious and ask. But what is for us to know is that his time is always right. There is no such thing as a delay to him because he was never on anybody else's schedule except his own. He understands how much you want something to end a certain way or to receive a specific answer or guidance, and you can trust that what you've requested is on the way in some form, just maybe not when or how you thought. God knows the perfect time to give you that outcome. He knows where you'll be in your life and what things have to perfectly line up first in order for you to receive that result or answer or incorporate it into your life. Most of the time, if we're honest, we're not thinking of that. While we know on a surface level that God's ways and means are perfect and that he is faithful and trustworthy, we don't always remind ourselves of that when it feels like we've been holding out for a long time for something we deeply wanted or even when it seems like we're running out of time before we get the resolution. This can be especially hard when it looks like God closed a door or let a dream die or a situation end and it wasn't how we thought or expected the outcome to be. It can be incredibly easy to get upset with God because we're only seeing things from our small skewed point of view and not from the big picture of God's perspective. It can be incredibly painful to accept that God didn't perhaps come through in the way or time you'd hoped and his answer was to let what to you felt like the worst possible result happen. In these moments, God desires us to still keep pleading, to still keep believing in his sovereign choice. Because even at the 11th hour, God can still turn the situation. Yet even if he doesn't, his goodness, love, and care for you remain unchanged. His plans remain perfect. His timing remains right. Someone who understood this remarkably was a man named George Mueller. If you've never read about him, he's an inspiring study in faith and prayer and stepping out in trust that God's provision would always come through for whatever God called him to do. He lived in 19th century Britain and felt led by the Lord to start an orphanage for children as conditions back then in England were less than ideal for a young life. Child labor was the norm as the government put these little children to work for long hours under the harshest of conditions. There were only at that time about 12 orphan homes in the entire country and nearby Wales, and they charged fees to care for the kids. Mueller saw an opportunity to extend the love of God to these needy children and began to pray about the opportunity. Almost simultaneously, people started giving him money, even though he didn't solicit from anyone for his needs. His vision was to create a space where no orphan child would be turned away and they would be properly fed, educated, and trained for a trade. As he talked with people and more and more items and finances began to pour in, Mueller found a place and began his work. But things were not always easy. There were many needs and more children that he could often find help for. After a while, a second and a third house were opened to accommodate all the kids. Sometimes mealtime would arrive and there was no food for everyone. Mueller taught the children to pray, and every time God would provide and food would be brought so that nobody went hungry. His belief in how God would supply became a witness to many people. He so desired to see the hand of God's provision that he kept very little money that was given for his personal needs and instead gave most away. It just delighted him to see God show up when help was needed most. He journaled such an experience on January 25, 1847, as funds were needed to start building one of the other houses for the children. He wrote, 
My soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from Him. Psalm 62, 5. The season of the year is now approaching, when building may be begun. Therefore, with increased earnestness, I have given myself unto prayer, importuning the Lord that He would be pleased to appear on our behalf, and speedily send the remainder of the amount which is required, and I have increasingly of late felt that the time is drawing near when the Lord will give me all that which is requisite for commencing the building. All the various arguments which I have often brought before God, I brought also again this morning before Him. It is now fourteen months and three weeks since day by day I have uttered my petitions to God on behalf of this work. I rose from my knees this morning in full confidence, not only that God could, but also would send the means, and that soon. Never during all these fourteen months and three weeks have I had the least doubt that I should have all that which is requisite. And now, dear believing reader, rejoice and praise with me. About an hour after I prayed thus, there was given to me the sum of two thousand pounds for the building work. I cannot describe the joy I had in God when I received this donation. It must be known from experience in order to be felt. Four hundred forty-seven days I have had day by day to wait upon God before the sum reached the above amount. How great is the blessing which the soul obtains by trusting in God and by waiting patiently. Is it not manifest how precious it is to carry on God's work in this way, even with regard to the obtaining of means? I absolutely love it when it points out that the blessing is very great which the soul obtains when it trusts in God and waits patiently for Him. Gregory Floyd writes yet again, Waiting in hope means waiting with eager expectation that He is a God of love and a God of power. It means trusting that He will always act in love. I can wait for lots of things, for relationships to get better, for job satisfaction, for my kids to draw closer to the Lord, but He calls me to only one, to wait for Him, to fix my eyes only on Him. I think this is what Newton was getting at all those years ago when he wrote to his friend of the importance of waiting only on God. I don't know what it is you may be waiting for, but I'm sure there are moments when you get tired of being patient and you're tempted to give up hope that things will change or that God will give a good outcome. If you're there right now and your faith is wearing thin and you're doubting God's timing, may I encourage you with the words of Romans eight twenty four through 25 Hope that is seen is not hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. This current season in your life that feels like a delay is simply a challenge to you to think bigger than the situation, to see opportunity in it to grow and trust God and wait expectantly for what He will do. Waiting well means that you recognize God's wisdom regarding the timing and the means of the result and that you are willing to hold out for what He feels is best and not just what you think is convenient or correct. Waiting only on God provides us with the assurance and the peace we need to navigate this crazy life and all the things it brings with it that we don't understand. It's enough to know that God controls and is aware of it all and that all the twists and turns come at His disposal and allowance and not one outcome or answer will ever arrive at the wrong time or in the wrong way. We would do well to take a lesson from those like Paul and George Mueller who learned how to walk through any and every circumstance with a heart of contentment and faith, knowing that he who noticed and cared for the sparrows 
would care for and strengthen them too. That he who knew the hairs on their heads and who held the stars and galaxies in place was capable enough to provide for their needs and wants also. That he who loved them enough to take the punishment for their sins would still exhibit his love even now, regardless of the situation before them. When we're willing to wait for God's best in any and every situation, it will pay off. The result or the answer we receive may not look like how we imagined, but it will look like how God imagined it. And the surprise and the journey of discovery is what makes walking with Him both interesting and rewarding. So let's lay down some of our frustration and our concerns regarding what we're anxiously hoping to receive from God, and let's trust in the absolute perfection of His appointed and appropriate time. There will be a day when we see and understand what He was after, and for now we're looking at it through that dark glass that Paul talked about in 1 Corinthians thirteen twelve. We may have obscured or blurry vision regarding what's best for us now, but someday God will let us grasp a bit more clearly the picture he was painting over time. Until then, let us practice the secret of contentment. Let us rest in the assured goodness of God and the established pattern of his faithfulness that promises us all will resolve as it's meant to. And let us take a breath today, in the here and now, and take heart in the waiting. For we know that God's answer, whenever and however it comes, is always best. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked what you heard on today's episode, please subscribe to this podcast as well as leave a review. If you want to read additional content, please visit and subscribe to my blog at www.graceopens.blogspot.com. You can also connect with me on social media via Twitter at Open to Grace 2015, Instagram and Parlor at Open to Grace Alaska, and on MeWe under my name, Katherine Singer. I'll see you in the next episode, and remember, Grace will always meet you where you are. Thank you.